Ephesians 3, we're going to continue with the help of the Lord in our Christmas series. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse number 14. We'll read verse 14 and 15 for our text tonight. <clears throat> for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this, verse 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for once again bringing each and every one here tonight. We thank you for these blessed children that you've given that are across the way in our classrooms in the back and downstairs tonight. Pray that you would touch them in a mighty way. Lord, and all of our beloved church family and church friends that are not here with us tonight due to sickness or surgery or different scenarios in this life, we pray, God, that you would just touch them. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, God, that you would just help them to uh, feel and know that your church, your people here, have them on our hearts. But, God, most importantly, that your son Jesus at this very moment and your blessed Holy Spirit is making intercession for them. Lord, we thank you for that peace and that knowledge, knowing that we are in your hand. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes tonight the thought of God's precious family. God's precious family. We have come through Thanksgiving. I went to the doctor today. The nurse asked me, I like this. She, she didn't weigh me. She asked me how much I weighed. And uh, I was like, man, I could do a number of things here. But very quickly, I felt I needed to do the right thing. So I gave her a range of uh, <laughs> what I thought I weighed. And, uh, and I said, you know what? She asked me, she said, which one do you want to put down? I, I gave her the higher number. I said, if it had been before Thanksgiving, I would have given you the lower number. And so we move into this time of Thanksgiving, and then we move into the Christmas season. And what comes to mind? Even for people, I would ask, what would you think in your mind? You don't have to answer, but just think about what comes to mind during this season. Even for people who do not uh, celebrate the right thing in, the, in this season, I would say family still comes to mind for almost everyone. Uh, all the years that I did not celebrate this Christmas season as I should have, family was a huge part of that season. Uh, I wasn't going to miss going to Mamaw's. I wasn't going to miss uh, going to Nana's. I was not going to miss those things because those women can cook. And uh, going there, and as I got older, I realized that what it was, uh, the beauty of going to Mamaw's and going to Nana's, the beauty of those things is that God had given me a precious family, given me uh, two precious grandmas and two uh, precious grandpas and precious great-grandparents and precious parents and precious aunts and precious uncles, family that I wanted to be around, people that I was blessed to be around, people that I loved being around. And so family has held in my heart uh, uh, just a, a huge influence when it comes to uh, my life and especially the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Because even when I'm not thankful like I need to be, even when I'm not uh, looking upon Christ when I need to be, I look to my family, and I'm thankful for my family. And so I would, I would point your, your mind tonight to the Scriptures, not a physical, earthly family, but the family of God. Verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Brother Norman came in tonight, and I hadn't seen Norman in a few weeks, and I'm glad to see you, brother. 
Brother Norman came in tonight. Cleve said to him, hey, brother. And I was listening to them talk, and I thought immediately about this message when Cleve said that. Hey, brother. And, and not only are they brother in flesh and blood, but brothers in Christ. And so we look at the family of God, and we see how beautiful it is. Uh, and, I, and I grew up, I know y'all did too, but you know uh, uh, the, the, the brother and the sister. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Every time I talk to Sam Beldenfield, call him, answer the phone. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. And I see you, and hey, brother. Sister, sister, brother. However, I mean, we say that to one another. Because if you truly believe it, you truly mean it. If we are bound by Jesus Christ, as this says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, we are bound together, maybe not by flesh and by blood, but certainly in spirit. Where we are adopted into the family of God and we become brothers and sisters in Christ. We were going home the other day and Riley was talking about, uh, I forget who it was, we were talking about somebody in, in, uh, in the family and he said, is that your brother? I said, well, yes and no. He said, what about Jacob? Jacob's my, my brother, brother. See, I'm getting confused here. So Jacob's my, my, my actual brother, but so-and-so is my brother in Christ. We go on, he's like, well, what about Harley? Harley's my brother. What about Jeremy? Jeremy Jeremy's my brother. Riley wants to know, all these, you got all these brothers? I'm like, man, I'm digging a hole here. I mean, we're in Mars Hill, and he's bringing up people in Tuxedo and Lester and all over the place. But yes, y'all are my brothers in Christ. You're my sister in Christ, brother in Christ, sister in Christ. And what a beauty, beautiful thing it is that we are bound together in God's precious family as his children, as his children, his adopted children, he sent, he sent his son that we could be adopted into his family when we didn't deserve it. And being a part of this precious family is a beautiful thing. I want to look tonight at a few things. What is this family? What is its present position? And what are its future prospects? The family of God, the precious family of God. The first thing, thinking on what is this family? This family of God. See, people hear me out in public saying to somebody, Hey, brother. What? What are you talking? I remember a, a guy in high school, he was just himself completely. And I wasn't going around calling each other brother. But he'd see me, Oh, brother Josh, I love you. I'm like, dude, we're in high school. People going to think we're, we're crazy. He was proud. Brother, brothers in Christ. What is this family? Well, this family, this precious family of God are those who have trusted Christ. Let me tell you something. Not every person that walks through the doors of Mountain View Baptist Church is part of this family. Not every person that comes in has been blood washed by Jesus Christ. And I only say that because of the conviction that I have felt as I preach and feel and see the conviction that someone needs to be saved. And it breaks my heart. The devil wants people to think, well, you go to church, you're part of the family. Or you've been baptized, you're part of the family. Or you got a, you got a church membership certificate, you're part of the family. Or you go at Christmas and Easter, you're part of the family. See, being part of the family of God, being part of his precious family, means that you have trusted Christ. 
And there's church, churches all over these hills and all over the land where there's some that are part of the family and there's some that are not. And that's just the fact of the matter. Anyone part of the precious family of God named with Jesus Christ has accepted Christ as their Savior, has repented of their sins. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. What is this family? Those who have trusted Christ. They're bound to one another through salvation. As in, I have trusted Christ, you have trusted Christ, and I have a testimony, and you have a testimony. And when you testify, or when we talk individually, I can feel uh, by the Spirit that bears witness with me that Brother Keith has accepted Jesus, and he can feel the same for me. I hope. <laughs> but that is, we're bound together in salvation. We may have nothing else in common, me or you or anyone else. I, I, we may not have anything in common by our interests, by the way that we live, by the way that we uh, handle things at home. We're different people. We're mountain people, but we're different people. You do things differently, I do things differently. I was talking to Shelby, I was reminiscing about my banking days. People would come in, they would want you to balance their checkbook. Be these little old ladies. Look like they wouldn't hurt, hurt a fly. Come in and want you to balance your checkbook. Can I tell you something? I know how to balance your checkbook. Somebody's ragging on the young people. I know how to balance your checkbook. That's because Miss Glenda used to come in every three or four weeks want me to balance hers. She'd come in and sit down and I'd start to balance it, but I didn't do it the way she wanted to do it. We're different people. We have different ways of doing things. We have different processes of doing things. You know, men, can you feel me on this one? Nobody else knows how to drive. Amen? Am I right? And then when you see somebody that does, you're like, that's a man right there. That's a good man right there. Look at that. Look at that. You, you see, a, you see a, an SUV pulling a 25-foot camper? I tell my wife, them P, they don't know what they're doing. There ain't danger and everybody on the road. 26 would be shut down for a week if that they're not supposed to be pulling that. She's like, how do you know towing capacities of that SUV? I said, I know common sense. They don't know how to drive. They don't know what they're doing. We know the best, right? We're different people. We have things. We're not going to agree on everything. I'm not going to like everything that you like. You're not going to like everything I like. You're not going to agree with every decision I make. I'm not going to agree with every decision you make. But we are bound together in one thing, and that is it is the same blood that saved me that saved you. It was the same sacrifice on the cross of Calvary that saved me that saved you. There is no class with God. There is no clout with God. There is no I did it this way or I did it this way with God. He don't care. God is no respecter of persons. He don't give any care towards what I've done or who I am. It doesn't matter to him. I was headed for hell like anybody else. And I'm bound together with you as my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Because if we can't find common ground on anything, we can find common ground on the, the foot of the cross. So what is this family? Those who have trusted Christ, bound together to one another through salvation. And rejoicing in the name of Christ alone. Families come together and this Thanksgiving season up in this Christmas season. And there's those that are not around anymore. 
They used to be here, and they're not. And how quickly the conversation will turn to how we miss those that are gone. And how, even years later, the conversation of someone that's passed on can take the entire conversation of a family gathering in memory and remembrance of someone dearly beloved that's passed away. We gather together as families and we're united in the grief and the pain of who is not with us. We bring, we're brought joy by the little feet and the sounds of the children that God sends into our family. My grandfather, the day before he passed away, was the first time he ever held Riley. That's no exaggeration. He was scared to death he was going to hurt him. But the day before he died, he got him right up in his lap, and he held him, and he held on to him, and he played with him, and he talked to him, and he died the next morning. And that Thanksgiving and that Christmas, all the conversation was about how we missed my grandfather. But it was also about how perfect everything had laid into place and how God in his grace and mercy had sent us little things to help get us through. And then that next February, we found out we're having another baby. And how the home empties, but God also delivers into that home new little children. That they don't take away the pain, but they bring to the forefront of our mind the goodness of God. While I hurt for someone that has been lost, God sends blessings of these little ones to fill a void and a gap that I can't fill, but only he can fill. And so our central thought circles around the events of the year, who's not here anymore, or who is here now that weren't, wasn't here last year, new children and those that are married into our families. But see, Christian and this family, our spiritual family, what is this family identified by? How is it explained? It's those who have trusted in Christ, those that are bound to one another through our salvation, and those that are rejoicing in the name of Christ alone. That in all points, in all conversation, we're rejoicing in Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, we have hope and we have peace because Christ came, he lived, he died. And we all can find joy. We all can find peace. And also, we can rejoice that new ones in this past year have come in to be a part of the family of God. There's, there's, there's new members. Don and Linda, that little granddaughter. You know what? That spiritual family, it's grown this year. Brother Will, that spiritual family has grown this year. The spiritual family has grown and, and progressed and God has blessed us and God has touched us. And while we can also look back and we can see those who are not here anymore. I mean, I can name a, a long list just since I've been around here. But how God has delivered new sheep into his flock. See, we rejoice in the name of Christ alone. Because in times when the, the, the flock is, is going through hard times. And we're going through situations where we're losing sheep. New ones are being born every day. How much God has blessed us. See, this family, it rejoices in Christ alone. Who else can do that? Who else can accomplish that? You see, I, I feel the burden for my children to be saved. And some people think, well, Riley's a year old. Isla, or Isla's a, man, I messed up. Isla's a year old. Riley's three years old. 
I feel a burden for, for them to be saved. And I know that if God took them right now, they would be welcomed into his hands, into his family. I have no doubt about that in my mind. But if they grow to the age of accountability, I have a burden for them to be saved. That I believe, and, and those, I, I talk to people that their children have been saved, and, and all their children have been saved, and they're like, man, you wouldn't believe the weight come off of you. I'm like, I'm ready to get there. I'm ready to get there because I feel a burden for my children. I think I could die a happy man the day that I know both of my children are saved. See, rejoicing in Christ means we look to those that have passed on. We fill the gap today. Brother Jeremy was talking about how we need to pray for these kids. And I think about all the meetings and all the services. Uh, when you were little, days that you've forgotten, days that, that you have that are, that are years and years back in the past, when, when you, days you can't even remember when there was someone that stood in the pulpit in the old building over here or a pulpit around this area somewhere in some church that said, we need to pray for that little one. We must carry that banner on. You see, the family rejoicing in the name of G in Christ alone rejoices in those that have passed on, rejoices in this day and has its mindset for the children that are walking today so that we can rejoice when these new sheep are born into the flock. That family rejoices in the name of Christ alone. What is the family's present position? I like this. If you've lost anybody, I know you'll like this too. See, part of the family, part of his family, is in heaven. See, his family's divided at this moment. We're not all together. His family being those who have trusted Christ, bound together through salvation, rejoicing in the name of Christ alone. Part of his family is in heaven right now. And part of his family is on earth. But the family is serving the same Savior. Those on the other side, worshiping and, and seeing the goodness and the greatness of God, what will bring you hope when you think about those that have passed on is thinking of the magnificence and the beauty of heaven that they're looking upon. I mean, the, the, the solace and the peace that that will give a Christian, if we could just think about that loved one and think about, if, and, and I've said this before, if they could see you and talk to you in this very moment, they would tell you to hang it up and come on over. See, they wouldn't be wanting to come back to us. God didn't create it that way. That grandma and grandpa and brother and sister come back to me. But see, I'm part of the family still on this earth. And I'm looking to go to be with them so that I can see him. In this Christmas season, this family's divided. This family's separated. Not divided in, in viewpoints and attitudes. Divided in where we're at. We're still pilgrims pressing forward to get home. We're here. And they're there. But the family is serving the same Savior. They're in a lot better situation than us. They're doing better than I am. The aches and the pains and the sickness and the uncertainty. And it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. God knows that. There's some people, they just... See, my, my daddy, he was raised in a Marine's home. Brother Don, the Marines, they make men, right? One of my daddy's favorite sayings is, this is like the Marines, we make men in this house. We're not here for anything else. Times are going to be tough here. God doesn't look at us and expect us to just be cold-hearted and, well, 
I'm just trudging along and angry at everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm rushing forward to get. God, God doesn't want us to be just marching through. God knows that it's, there's going to be some times we're going to have to lay the armor down for a minute and hurt. And that's okay. But God, God's also looking for soldiers that press forward while we're here. That, hey, I found some hope knowing that God is good and that heaven is real. And I'm ready to walk forward, pressing towards that mark. That I know I'll be there one day because guess what? This family that is separated is one day going to be reunited. The present position of the family of God is that there's part of his family in heaven. There's part of his family on earth. What are its future prospects? The family's future prospects. First thing is that all members of the family will be brought safely home. All members of his family will be brought safely home. When you think about that, God leaves no man behind. There will be no one, whether it come through death. See, death's an individual thing. Only I can die the death for Josh Boyd if I live enough. Ain't nobody else going to die it for me. Nor do you want to. Everybody knows I won't die in the pulpit. Ain't nobody else want to get up here and die up here. Hey, only I can die. It's an individual thing. The rapture. Man, what a blessing that would be. For Christ to come, to call his children home, to go that way. The worry and the fear and the, the wait for those children. My little babies that I pray for the salvation. Hey, I, we're just all getting together. I, hey, my car's sitting right out there. We'll go right now. We'll, we'll pile up and take a road trip. Whether it be by death or by rapture, all members of the family will one day be brought safely home. And you see, when we go into the Father's fold in heaven, eternity is eternity. And God's protection is forever. There'll be no pain, no sickness, no sorrow, no worry. I think one day about being able to pop the contacts out. I have, I can guarantee you, I take my contacts when I go with me. I take my glasses when I go with me. One day I'll lay them down, I'll never need them again. I'll never need those that medicine again. There won't be anything, I, I forgot this or I forgot that or I got to be here, I got to be there. When we go into his fold, we will be brought safely into the protection of the Father. And see, part of his family is in that fold right now. And part of his family is here with me in this service tonight. We'll be separated from sin and sadness. And we will be joined together with the whole family. And most importantly, Christ. If you think of that one that you miss, every day they come to your mind. And you have the hope and the peace that they're in heaven. You'll be reunited with them. But most importantly, you'll be brought into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. What a blessing that is, that we can go and we can see the Lamb who laid down his life for you and for me.
that we'll be given the responsibility of praise and worship. That a, a spirit-filled service will never end. It will begin, and there'll be nobody that can hinder it. There'll be nobody. Man, I gotta, gotta get to the steakhouse. I gotta get here. I gotta get there. I gotta go do this. I gotta, there'll be no one. There'll be no other place to go that we would want to be. The thought, I believe, will never even enter our mind that we would want to be anywhere else but in his presence. This Christmas, as you think of family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, named after and bought by Jesus Christ. Here, we have the hope and the peace of heaven. One day it will be made real to us. What a day that will be. When my faith turns into sight. What I'm accepted in. Not because of me and who I've been. I'm going to lay all those things down. All the good things I've accomplished and the things I've done. They'll be here. They will not amount to anything. But I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll be in heaven forever. And guess what? That family that's in heaven. And the family that's in earth, it will be reunited. And whether that be by death, that be by, we know it will be done by rapture. It'll be made known when I draw my last breath that I place my faith in the one who created the earth, the one who came and who lived and died on my behalf. I place my faith in the right place. Or if the trump were to sound and the end of days were to come, Right in this very moment, we'll be transformed, separated from our flesh into spiritual beings to be with Jesus Christ. And think about the second coming. When Christ does come to destroy in the, the earth, God will, will rain down death and destruction upon this earth. How horrific will that be? Because those that will be here that will see, they will see and understand that they did not place their faith where they should have. In the world, they've placed their faith. In their own abilities, they've placed their faith. In their money, they've placed their faith. In their abilities, they've placed their faith. It will be proven to them as well. But it will be too late. So I pray anyone on the fence about their salvation would get serious. I pray that anyone that knows anyone, we all do, we've called out the names of those that we have on our hearts that we would pray for them. I may have shared this. I don't remember if I do. I'm going to share it again. I'm sorry. But I walked outside the other day. It's been, well, it's been a few weeks ago. I took a video of it. Because in the distance, across the mountains, you, hear, you could hear the drone of some kind of machine. And it sounded just like a horn. And in a, in a, in a split second, I went from fear and trembling to joy. This is it. And after a few seconds, I realized it's not it. But it's amazing. It's amazing how just walking, stepping out on the porch, sound, and it was in the east, baby, how a sound I heard over in the east can bring you to fear and to trembling, but to joy. I'm ready. My family's inside. We're all ready. This Christmas, 
his family. Part of his family is in heaven. Part of his family is on earth. We celebrate together. We remember those that have passed on. Thank the Lord for. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how you've blessed me, who you've put in my life. So many of us here, like I said, walk through the doors of this church. There are some that walk through the doors that are not part of the family. We must be diligent to pray, Lord, draw them by your precious Holy Ghost. I know you've dealt with them, but Lord, please have mercy on them. Continue to deal with them. Draw them. Lord, if they can't go to sleep tonight because of conviction, so be it. It's better to lose a few hours of sleep than to go to hell. Lord, if they can't eat because of conviction, Lord, just deal with them. Now, it ain't my job to be the Holy Spirit, but God, let me fast and seek you. Let me sacrifice something in this Christmas season because one day his whole family is going to get together for one big supper. And the reality is I want to look and I want to see each of you. And I believe I will. But there are some. Mountain View Baptist Church, the church down the street, people we know in the community, family and loved ones, they will not be there if they do not turn to Jesus Christ. We must turn our hearts, Lord, one day we'll see them. And Lord, you do what you need to do and let me be who I need to be. And draw them. Show them mercy. Let's have a burden for family. Let's have a burden because the family's still growing. We worry about change, right? It's always different. See, right now, we go to stuff and we're the star of the show because we bring the ones everybody wants to see. There was a day when nobody wanted to see me. Now everybody does because they know I got the grandbabies. Someone gets married. It's always awkward. Don't act like it ain't. It's always, it's just different. Got new people here. Don't know how it's going to change the family. Don't know how it's going to be different. But you know what? It's a blessing. Each time someone new comes to this table, comes to his table. This is a family that's meant to grow. It's meant to grow. It's meant to thrive. Let's pray. For those that are not a part of the family, let's pray for those that will go through this season without ever even thinking about Jesus Christ. Maybe that the heart that they do have for family, he can use for someone to be a witness to them. Maybe they can see that in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye, Christ could come for his church. Man, it'd be great if he did. All the stuff I'm worrying about right now, I wouldn't have to worry about. All the junk we got going on tomorrow, they, somebody else could fool with it. Mountain View can get a new pastor. You know? Hey, come on. But I ain't going to be worried about it. But I am worried about those that won't be at the table. 